I'm Betches co-founder Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer We'll go check, Nibu Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer and it is Wednesday before Thanksgiving Things are, are quieting down for the week We have... <laughs> We have Black Friday shopping to look forward to. I don't know. How do we feel about Black Friday shopping these days? Well, I, this is completely non-Bravo related, but what I have been finding is that more and more of the the stores, the retailers, if you will, they're doing their sales for like two full weeks starting already, but the sales themselves are not that great. It's like, I, this is not a totally original thought. Like, I know that this is something that everybody can relate to. But, like, if the sale is maxing out at 20% off, that's not going to get me to click buy on something that I wasn't already, you know, putting in my cart and thinking about before. Like, I want these Black Friday deals to be inspiring me to shop, not like, finally giving me the green light to buy the thing that I was probably already going to buy. You know, I want to spend money. I want it. <laughs> is she by Sheree having a black Friday sale? I'm going to do a quick Google. She by Sheree. Is she by, is the website even working? Let's see. She by Sheree dot shop. Who gone check me boo restock a new collection. She by Sheree. This just in. Wow. It looks like She by Sheree is not doing a Black Friday sale. That seems like a missed opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. Like, are there Bravo products that I should be buying? You know what? And I've talked about this before. I wonder if Christina Kelly is doing a Black Friday sale on her lip balms. Because I could use a restock. They're really good. I don't remember what the brand is called. But <laughs> if you're if you're buying Bravo products on Black Friday like slide into the DMs and let me know what they are because I'm I'm curious and maybe I need some inspiration. But you know what did give me inspiration was yesterday Variety put out this list of the 40 most powerful women on reality TV in 2023. So this is specifically a list of women who have been on reality shows this calendar year. So that was something where I was looking through it like a lot of people were like oh, like Bethany must be mad that she's not on this list. Like maybe Bethany has not been on reality TV in two years at least. Maybe she's been on Shark Tank or something. So the the criteria is a little bit narrow. So like there are certain Bravo celebrities and people that we know and love who were not eligible for inclusion on this list. But out of the 40, there are 10 Bravo celebrities. And so you may have already seen this on social media, but I'm just going to run down the list for you know, 
so the audio experience is cohesive. Of course, that's my my main concern. So the Bravo celebrities on this list are Kyle Richards, Teresa Judice, Lisa Vanderpump, Ariana Maddox, Tamara Judge, Paige DeSorbo, Candy Burris, Jenna Lyons, Aisha. What is Aisha's last name? I can never remember. Aisha Stewart? Aisha something. Aisha Scott, sorry. <laughs> this is an interesting little mixy mix. Because you've got you've got some OG housewives, you know, your Kyle, your Teresa. Lisa Vanderpump obviously has kind of built her own empire. Ariana, I think, is a no-brainer this year. Candy Burris is one of the, you know, biggest hustlers on reality TV. She's gotten herself multiple spinoffs. She's producing Broadway shows. She's got businesses. Maybe she owned businesses, in the words of Tokyo Tony. Aisha, her little blurb in the article was mostly about how she handled the situation on this past season of Below Deck Down Under with um, Luke and Laura and the the sexual assault situation. So, you know, Aisha was somebody who, you know, when I first was scrolling down the list, I'm like, oh, interesting. But I think that they included her for a specific reason that I think really was impactful. Um, and also, I think Aisha, I don't know if she gets the credit or if we're really having that conversation yet, but I do think she is one of the biggest pieces of kind of re- Mm, revamping the Below Deck franchise post Kate Chastain, post Hannah leaving Below Deck Med, kind of, it felt like that was sort of the end of an era. And there were a couple years there where it was sort of an open question, how is this going to work? You know, they tried out some new chief stews. There were, you know, some people coming in. Katie, who has worked her way back onto Winterhouse this season, was one of those kind of one season who, you know, taken out with the garbage. That's rude. But, you know, there was like a Francesca something. There have been a lot of people. And so Aisha and I think Daisy is really the other person who's kind of found that stability within the Below Deck franchise. But Aisha on the list, Heather Gay, I think some people were kind of like raised eyebrows at Heather Gay's inclusion. But honestly, I think what she's doing with her book and her sort of openness with her journey away from her religion, I think is is really important and has the ability to be impactful with a lot of people. Also, she's a best-selling author this year. Beauty Lab, by all accounts, is a, a real business that's doing well. They've opened multiple locations. I think that's cool. You know, Tamara Judge, She's been on reality TV for a long time. She came back to the show this year, kind of revitalized it. Her podcast, you know, Say What You Want About Teddy, her podcast is super successful. I think that's cool. To me, the two, two or three, I'll I'll get real. I didn't want to be like messy on Instagram, but I think that Teresa is a little bit of a question mark for me. And I know, I know, I know, I know there are going to be people listening to this that are like, you just don't like Teresa. She's an OG. And yeah, I'm not like mad that she's on this list. I just think that in the context of powerful women on reality TV, Teresa is undeniably an important figure in Real Housewives history, but I don't I don't think of her or see her in the same way as kind of like an industry player. Like somebody like Kyle Richards, similarly Housewives OG has been on the same franchise the whole time. 
she is a little more plugged into kind of larger entertainment industry stuff. Um, you know, obviously she and Mauricio have kind of built a whole thing that now is a little bit in question. But I think when I think of powerful, somebody that I was surprised wasn't on this list just because of kind of the influence that they have was Garcelle. Because I think when you're talking about, when you think of powerful women on reality TV, to me, a part of that is sort of the clout that you have outside of just the Bravo circle. Like, yeah, there's going to be a long line for your photo op at BravoCon because those are the people who are the fans of the thing you're most known for doing. But when you look at somebody like Garcelle, she has a, a cultural relevance, I think particularly in the black community, but also like outside of that, that it's like Garcelle's in this movie. She's developing this TV show. She's hanging out with Meghan Markle at some event. Like there is kind of a level of, I mean, power, it's influence. It's, it's the people, you know, it's the, the shoulders that you're rubbing. <laughs> I don't know. So Gar- Garcelle was one that I was um, I was surprised not to see. Another person who came to mind right away for me was Dr. Jackie. Married to Medicine obviously is front of mind right now because it's back for a new season. But Dr. Jackie is somebody who we have seen. She is, you know, on a reality show for 10 years, but she is also super successful and established as an OBGYN. She talks a lot on the show about women's reproductive rights, healthcare, specifically problems with mortality rates in the black community with childbirth and maternity and all of that stuff. I think that is a super important cause that I always appreciate when she and Simone are bringing that up on the show. And just last week, Dr. Jackie posted pictures. She was the keynote speaker at an Alpha Kappa Alpha event. And she posted pictures with Angelina Jolie. I'm sorry. I, look, there are a lot of great women on this list. Nobody else is hanging out with Angie. They're hanging out with Angie K, not Angelina Jolie. Oh my God, Angie J. (gasps) (laughs) I want like a t-shirt that says Angie J. Can I get that? Can somebody make that for me? (laughs) A couple other ideas I had for who I thought would have been a great addition to this list. Padma Lakshmi. She just finished a a historic run as a host and judge and producer of Top Chef, a show that has won Emmys and, you know, gone around the world and, you know, really been formative in the, the genre of food reality shows I think she would have been to me kind of a no-brainer that was one that I thought was a you know a notable omission I also thought Gertie could have been on there Gertie as much as you know we don't always hear about it too much on Real Housewives of Miami but she is like extremely successful in what she does as an event planner and also this year, I think seeing her her journey with cancer has been kind of like another another thing to really applaud her for. I don't know. A list like this, it's always a little bit like who knows who's doing what, what the criteria is. But 
I don't know. Those were just some thoughts I had. Some thought starters. Maybe if it were 50 women, all of them would have been on there. But, you know, congrats to the women who are. It's a cool thing. It's fun to have stuff like this to talk about. I think it's cool that reality TV is now more being seen as something that has value and has influence and isn't just like, you know, something that the girls and the gays like to watch. Like, I I think it's I think it's exciting that there's these conversations being had and that there is real power to be had from being on reality TV. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence, thanks to Honey Love. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. I also, I also want to talk about this page six article um, our friend Francesca Bacardi wrote. Kim Zolciak and Croy Bierman's explosive police-involved fight due to strained finances report. Oh, God. They're doing it again. Mom and, Mom and dad are mad. Mommy and daddy can't keep it together. So they apparently appeared to be making amends. You know, Kim put her married name back in her Instagram bio or something. (sighs) But apparently their marriage has started to break down again because of simmering tensions about their money. TMZ reported early Wednesday. And then on Monday, things came to a head when they had a quote, extremely loud altercation that prompted one of their kids to call the police. Apparently they've been living in different sections of their house per previous court order. um, And tensions finally erupted. (sighs) This is so sad. Their house is still on the market for $6 million, And it's not known which child dialed the police, but apparently it's one of the four minor children. So not Brielle or Ariana. This is just... The, the two of them, for all of the like public back and forth and, you know, rumors and reports and questions and things, can these two just 
figure their shit out at least to the point where one of their kids, one of their children does not have to call the police. Like I living under the same roof in different sections of the house. No, somebody, somebody get a fucking studio apartment. If you have to figure it out. I don't, some of these, I, I, I have not been in a situation like this. I, I, you know, there are certain things that I can't account for, but like this has been going on for months. It's been since, since the spring, I think that we've been talking about Kim and Croy splitting up, getting back together, fighting, calling the cops, moving out, changing the name, filing for divorce, unfiling for divorce. Is the house listed? Is it foreclosed? Is it rented? I don't fucking care at this point. If one of your minor children is calling the police because mommy and daddy can't stop screaming at each other. Get it together. Figure your shit out. Go get a job. If the finances are that bad, literally like Croy should be working at an IHOP for all I care. Get a job. I sometimes wonder about people who are on reality shows and kind of are living this life of being a celebrity, even if they really never have it like that outside of whatever check they're getting for their show. And then when that goes away, it's like there's this idea that until the end of time, you should just be like kind of living off of whatever like scraps of fame you still have. And the thing is like that takes work. Like, think about somebody like Jill Zarin. She is using her name to do big things. Like, her Zarin rugs and home and all of that, like, she was smart about that and turned, you know, people associated her with Zarin Fabrics, even though that was never her business. And now she has this line of, you know, the amount of people I've talked to who are like, oh, yeah, I bought a Jill Zarin rug. They're really good. And she's going to trade shows. She's working. It's like, yeah, her name is attached to it. But like, that's a business. Whatever Kim has been doing with her her makeup and her swimwear and selling her used clothes and, you know, Andy Cohen bought a wig for the clubhouse. Like, that's not real. That's not sustainable. You're not building anything. You're like trying to scam people out of 50 bucks on TikTok shop while you still can. And then hoping that that's enough to pay the mortgage. Get a job. I don't know. My Thanksgiving wish, I don't know if that's a thing that we do. My Thanksgiving wish is that Kim and Croy get their shit together so we can stop having stories like this. Because, you know, as as much like, quote unquote, fun as it is to have like a messy relationship to talk about, I don't want the kids to be calling the police. And they shouldn't want the kids to be calling the police. They should be... they you know how bad they should feel and how embarrassed they should be that this is the kind of thing that's happening. Get it together. Get it together for the kids. If nothing else. (sighs) Wow. I did not expect to get that heated about Kim and Croy on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. (laughs) You know, you know what I'm thankful for that. I don't own a house to get foreclosed (laughs) at this point. Oh, I will take paying my rent every month. And, um, and uh, mommy and daddy not having to live in separate parts of the house. But let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. What an episode. The episode titles also, 
just kill me. This one is If I Could Churn Back Time. If I could churn back time, even just for a day. God, I love Cher. I wonder which Real House of Salt Lake City likes Cher the most. It's probably Heather. God, going to a Cher concert with Heather Gay would be so fucking fun. Wait, also, I don't know if you guys saw. So Sarah Paulson is about to do a play on Broadway. I have a tickets. I have tickets to see it in a couple weeks. But she's doing this play. It's like a new play. I don't even know what it's about. But she went on The View to talk about it the other day. And she said that she is basing her character in part off of Meredith Marks. <laughs> Truly, I this is not, I'm not, a, it's not a joke. I'm not exaggerating. We know that Sarah Paulson is a housewives lover. This is not a new thing. She's been on Watch What Happens Live and got like surprised by Dorinda. But she literally told them on The View, they were like, how do you, you, you play so many different characters. How do you do it? And she's like, well, I work with this coach who's really good at helping me get the physicality of like a character and really inhabiting it. And so I'm, for this character, I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And there's this character. Oh, I guess she's a, she's not a character. She's a person named Meredith Marks. So now the thing is, like, I'm going to see this play in a couple weeks. And I know that the whole time I'm just going to be, like, looking for the Meredith within Sarah Paulson. And you know what? I bet it'll be there. I will report back. I'm seeing it the first week of December, and I will, I will certainly report back about the the Meredith Marksness of Sarah Paulson's performance. The play is called Appropriate. If you're um if you're looking for something to see, Elle Fanning is also in it. I don't know. I'm very excited. But we are finally, finally, on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, on the verge of our first international trip. We're going to Bermuda because this is where. Monica spent her summers growing up and she has relatives that are still there and there's a large Portuguese community and you know Lisa's excited because she's like oh it's also part of the New York mission <laughs> sure that too pink sand beaches and missionaries what what could be a better combination it is so weird to think about that you could be sent for your mission someplace that people go like on a resort vacation I don't know. Weird, weird vibes all around. There's, there is a lot of church talk this season and it's, it's interesting. I don't know. Sometimes it's tough to know how to feel. Cause it's like all of these women are on their own journey. Then it's like, I have my own thoughts about it, but then also everybody else has their own thoughts about, it. I don't know. I'm glad that Lisa and Heather have sort of been able to come to more of an understanding this season, because I actually think it makes it easier like, you don't have to feel as thorny about some of the moral and religious dynamics within the group. Because last season, that was such a source of tension where Heather and Whitney were both on these kind of journeys of, you know, distancing themselves from the church and, you know, Whitney, like, removing her name from the roles or whatever. It's kind of nice when people can get to a point of understanding about that. And then we can just focus on, like why they hate each other for other reasons, you know? Not like, I think you're a bad person because you're not doing Mormonism the way that I think you should be. I don't know. It's nice. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. We get some interesting couple couples content from Angie and Sean, and also from Whitney and Justin this week. So Angie has talked about how she feels like she's more focused on Electra and being a mom than she is on being a wife. And that she needs to like schedule an intimate time. So she and Sean go out. She's in like a silver spandex turtleneck. I just truly, the outfits, it's like, what are you wearing? It looks like you got one of those green screen like morph suits and cut off the head. And then it's spray painted silver. And you're like, it's, I don't know. It's probably like Balenciaga or something. And I'm being an idiot, but seriously, there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about that Mugler bodysuit that like every housewife and their mother was wearing. Angie's got that in her closet. Angie's closet to me, it must just be like, it's like a catalog of the, ex- the like most expensive while also being tacky items. It's like, you've got the Mugler bodysuit, you've got the, you know, shiny silver turtleneck. You're going to have like whatever the flashiest, ugliest Gucci tracksuit is. You're going to have those ginormous sunglasses. There's going to be some like boots that are, you know, go up to your asshole. And it's like, I just feel like Angie shops. Like she goes on like Net-A-Porter or like, you know, one of those sites, like she goes on like the Saks website and just clicks on like the best sellers tab and then puts like the first 10 things in her cart. And it's like, that's my clothes for the fall. <laughs> fresh, fresh out the runway. But really she looks like fresh out the Bloomingdale's with bad taste in a credit card. <laughs> oh, gotta love her though. She, she's, she's doing something, but you know, she and, she and Sean are working on their relationship. She doesn't even know what kind of music he likes anymore. And he's like, well, I like the country music that I listen to in the car that you don't like. That's, that's what I like. It's so funny. Like that's such a funny thing to have an argument about that. It's like, I don't even know what music you like. Like, what is that country music? He's like, babe, that's not new. She's like, well, I don't want it. Meanwhile, Whitney and Justin are still struggling with this, the whole thing of like being 50, 50 and that Whitney is, an entrepreneur and a businesswoman and, you know, is not always going to just be kind of like in the house waiting for whatever's going on with Justin. And they go on Meredith and Seth's podcast. Um, The Meredith and Seth podcasting 
storyline is got it's just like so silly like i'm i'm happy for them obviously chase your dreams um you know podcasting is um something that can be just so 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 fulfilling but it's just funny that it's like okay so we watched them do an episode on their own and then we watched Whitney and Justin be their first guests and it's like is this going anywhere like are we are we now going to get every two weeks just another cast member like coming through the Marks household to be on the podcast. You know who they should really have on next? Mary and Robert Sr. That's who I want to hear from. You talk about hanging by a thread. Mary's like, I hope that man goes to Las Vegas and never comes back. They're hanging by a thread. And I'd like to unpack that. I don't know if Meredith and Seth are the ones to do it. And frankly, I don't know. I don't know if Mary will allow that to be unpacked as long as she lives or as long as he lives, but that is something I'd like to hear more about. Mary, not in this episode at all. She is in the preview having a chat with all people with Monica. Interesting things are afoot. I don't know. But Heather is having her pioneer lunch. You know, she wants everybody to reconnect, (laughs) reconnect to their Mormon roots. And something about the bonnets, like we've seen them in the season trailer we've seen them in the the clips from the episode it still makes me laugh every time seeing angie k with her slick back bun having to put on that bonnet lisa's like oh my god i can't we're really gonna wear this no stop you're joking you're joking but she puts it on. She's a better sport about this than she was about doing drag in Palm Springs. The bonnets are just like, it's so silly in a way that just tickles me every time. I love it. I can't lie. But Heather, Heather really delivers with the messy game after they do their butter churning and have their little dolls, uh, Molly Mormon is Monica's doll with the scarlet letter. Heather asks them, you know, the wagon has a lot of weight on it. And so who who are you throwing off your wagon? It's such a violent question. It's like you're on the Oregon Trail and it's like who who are you going to throw down into the dirt so they're going to get bitten by a snake and then they're going to crawl toward the stream and the water is going to have cholera in it. It's like this is so visceral. Who's getting thrown off the wagon? Of course, Lisa chooses Monica right off the bat because, quote, you're mouthy and mean to women. (laughs) It's funny just like watching over the course of multiple seasons, the things that all of these women have said about other people in the group that then Lisa's like big hang up with Monica is that she thinks she's like mean. It's like, have you heard what anybody has said about anybody else over the last four seasons? I think every it's impossible to go on a housewives show and not have like mean moments. She's just really focused on Monica being nasty and she can't get over some of the stuff that she said about her mom. She's like, you called your mom Ted Bundy. Like, you know, he's putting people in the freezer and eating him. And I love, I love the Whitney Rose confessional being like, I think she's thinking of Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) Cause it's so specific. You know that Lisa had probably just watched that um, 
that Netflix show with Evan Peters, the Ryan Murphy one, that's like monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer's story, which I never watched because I don't need to do that to myself. But you know, she probably watched it and was like, you're like that guy from the show, Ted Bundy, the one, the guy. (laughs) I would bet money that she watched monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer, Dahmer monster. What is the show called? Something like that. But then Monica walks away from the table. She gets really upset. She says she doesn't want to go on the trip. Heather's like, babe, come on. This is our thing. We're supposed to announce the trip at the Pioneer Lunch. Lisa comes over. She finally says that she'll acknowledge that Monica's mom wasn't nice to her, if that's the issue. It's like, it's not so much like the niceness. It's more like the the lifelong <laughs> being being unreliable and everything that comes along with that. But okay. You know, it's sort of a face a face level apology, you know, acknowledgement. And then Monica gives her a similarly um a similarly um hollow apology. She's like, and I will apologize for calling you ugly. It's like, great. I really feel like these two women got to the full root of why they have issues with each other. Let's let's go back to the lunch. So Heather is like doing all these clues to reveal that they're going to Bermuda, and then Monica says something about all of them, you know, the devil's triangle and they're going to hell where they belong. The vibes are immediately not great. Heather's like, what is wrong with you? She's like, I feel done. I'm spent. And it's, it does feel like we are suddenly seeing a side of Monica that we haven't really seen, at least with the group. Maybe we've seen it with her mom, but she's really just kind of seems like defeated. And, you know, she's saying that she now understands why Jen, Jen Shaw, never had anything nice to say about these women, especially Heather and Lisa. And it just, it does feel like this has kind of been a switch that's been flipped. And I think Heather, Heather has been on Monica's side for a lot of it, or at least on the side of everyone getting along. And so I'm you know, it's a little out of left field. And I'm I'm interested to see next week and beyond kind of like how this continues to develop. Because obviously, this feels like a turning point in everything going so wrong with Monica for the rest of the season. And she says, you know, where's that Monica? She's dead, like Taylor Swift said. Okay, girl, go off. Go on, Swifty. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that is today's episode. I hope everyone has a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, have a great week on a safe holiday. If you're shopping on Black Friday, good luck getting a She by Charade deal. But otherwise, <laughs> have fun shopping. Uh, but thank you for listening. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Batches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.